in the lightweight division of UFC Fight Night, a.k.a. UFC Vegas 73. The main card kicks off with Michael Johnson coming in at 22 and 18, taking on Diego Ferreira, who comes in at 17 and 5. So this is American on Brazilian. The American Michael Johnson, one inch taller at 5'10". Both guys getting up there in age a little bit. Michael Johnson's 36, Diego Ferreira 38. See if that really plays a factor. Probably not. Ferreira, uh, one inch reach advantage, 74 to 73. He's right-handed. Michael Johnson is a southpaw. Both guys above four significant strikes per minute. Ferreira, 4.7. Michael Johnson, 4.3. So no clear difference there. And neither guy lands on average one takedown over the course of three rounds. So they want to stand up and strike. Now, Michael Johnson, a.k.a. the menace, 80% takedown defense. He's come off the win over Mark Diakis. That's a big win by unanimous decision. He lost to Jamie Malarkey by split decision. So close fight there and beat Alan Patrick by KO. So he could very easily have won three in a row coming into this fight. And that 80% takedown defense is ridiculous. Now Ferreira, 63% takedown defense. He's lost three in a row. But they came at the hands of Matush uh, Gamrot, KO. Would expect that. Gregor Gillespie, KO. Well, Benil Dariush lost by split decision. That's pretty crazy, right? So that makes things very, very difficult when you see he lost to Benil Dariush by split decision. I let you know that Diego Ferreira is for real. Michael Johnson is for real, uh, for real too. And that's why the odds of this fight, I mean, they're going to be in favor of Ferreira, right? But it's not two to one. It's less than that. So there's some people who believe that Michael Johnson is going to win this fight. I'm conflicted a little bit, but he could have very easily uh, won four in a row. And in the lightweight division, you just never know what's going to happen. That's why it's the best division uh, in the UFC. But in making the prediction, I think I'm going to go with Michael Johnson here. Try to kind of delay if you didn't see that because it's very close. For one, I want to root for Michael Johnson. Uh, Number two, he could have very easily won three in a row with a split decision loss. It only makes me nervous if I had a loss by split decision to Benil Dariush, who we all know is one fight away. Uh, from fighting Islam for the title. So Ferreira is that good. But Michael Johnson is coming on. I've always believed that this guy can win at the highest level. Is he going to be a champ or anything like that? No. But no, no disrespect to him, but just meaning that's a long road to have to go through at this point in his career. But he can beat somebody's up and comers like Diego Ferreira. So I like Michael Johnson to sneak out this victory. Forget the 22 and 18 record. Look at 40 professional fights. He gets to win here to move to 23 and 18. I think it's going to be a split decision here in a lightweight division at UFC Fight Night. In the welterweight division at UFC Fight Night, you got Andre Fialgo taking on Yaquin Buckley. I love this fight. This is a great fight. Fialgo 16 and 6, Buckley 15 and 6. Now Fialgo, 2 inches taller, 6 feet. Both guys 29 years old, prime of their career. Buckley's got a two-inch reach advantage. He fights left-handed, southpaw. Fialio fights right-handed. Now, Buckley leads in both areas. Significant strikes per minute, 3.9 to 3.1. So he's a little more active. Also, he lands like a takedown each fight or over the course of three rounds. Nothing for Fialio. But, I mean, is still 16-6, and six, so he's finding ways to win. He's got a 71% takedown defense. That'll help. Coming off back-to-back losses to Salikov, KO. He's also KO'd by Jake Matthews. For that, he beat Van Camp by KO and Miguel Beza by KO. 
I mean, he's winning or losing in style. Give him, give him that. On the other hand, Buckley, uh, 66% takedown defense, right about average. Back-to-back losses to Chris Curtis by KO and a Mavov. Nazaruddin Mavov by decision. But he beat Dureyev and Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. So he's got some big wins there as well. And this one's easy for me. I mean, Fialio's good, but I just like Yaquin Buckley uh, to win this fight. To me, he's just better. He's going to be more active. He'll probably get two takedowns in this fight, a little ground and pound. He's two-to-one favor for a reason. So I like him to win, in my opinion, to move to 16-6, and six, likely by KO. Welterweight division, UFC Fight Night. In a women's catchweight fight at UFC Fight Night, you got Emily Decoe coming in at 12-7, and seven, taking on Lupi Godinez, who comes in at 9-3. and three. Both fighters 5-2. Both 29 years old, right in their prime. Decoe's got a 2-inch reach advantage. They both stand right-handed. Now, here's the difference maker. Decoe, 6.2 significant strikes per minute. Lupi, just 3.4. But Lupi lands more than a takedown per round. So, again, it comes down to takedown defense. Right now for uh, Decote, it's 100%. So you think, okay, she's going to stop all the takedowns. But that's only in two UFC fights. She lost to Angela Hill, as she should. Uh, 182 to 71 in significant strikes. She beat Jessica Panay. That's a good win by decision and doubled her up in significant strikes, just about. Now, on the other hand, Lupi Godinez has more fights. She's coming off the win over Cynthia Calvillo by split decision. That's a big one. Lost to Angela Hill, but outstruck her. Common opponent. Beat Ariane Carnalusi and Luma Lukbumi. So this one's pretty easy to me. I mean, I'm in favor of Godinez here. I, you know, she might struggle in one of the three rounds at significant strikes, but she'll land takedowns in two out of three rounds, gain the control, and get the victory. And also the common opponent, Angela Hill, kind of shows you a matchup there. I just like Lupi Godinez to win this fight. I don't often go against a striker, but... I just think Lupi Godinez has more experience. She's going to get the takedown. She's going to find a way to win the fight, as she's shown in the past. So she wins, in my opinion, to move to 10-3. and three. Women's catchweight at UFC Fight Night. In the middleweight division at UFC Fight Night, you got Edmund Shabazian taking on Anthony Hernandez. Two guys with good records, right? Shabazian 12-3. and three. Hernandez comes in at 10-2. and two. Now, Shabazian is two inches taller. But he's given up one inch and reach, 75 to 74 in favor of Hernandez. Not a big deal. Both guys fight right-handed. Now, in terms of activity, it's kind of close. Shabazian, 3.6 significant strikes per minute. Hernandez right at four significant strikes per minute. So very close. You expect only like five or six significant uh, strike difference based on those stats. Now, here's the big one, takedown average. Hernandez lands like two takedowns per round over his career. Shabazian gets two over the course of of three rounds. So that's the difference maker for Hernandez. So the next question is, is which Shabazian's takedown defense? 65%. Now he's coming off the win against uh, Lungi Ambula by KO. Big win there after three, after suffering three losses in a row. He lost to a Mavol by KO. Jack Hermanson took him down three times. He lost by decision. Brunson KO'd him in the third after he gave up four takedowns. So seven takedowns against Hermanson and Brunson. So that's where you see uh, his takedown defense struggles, right, against the big fighters. Now, is Anthony Hernandez on that level? Not quite, but I still think Hernandez gets some takedowns. When you look at Anthony Hernandez, he's come off the win over Marc-Andre Berriot, submission. Josh Fremd, decision. And Rodolfo Vieira, submission. So 
it's very clear to me that Anthony Hernandez has a good opportunity to win this fight, right, with the takedowns. That should limit the ability for Shabazian to land significant strikes. Anthony Hernandez is 10-2. and two. I mean, Shabazian's 12-3, and three, but Hernandez better in significant strikes, barely. Much better in takedowns. And Shabazian doesn't have a perfect takedown record. So Hernandez is going to take this thing to the ground, win two out of three rounds to get the decision. To move to 11-2, and two, in my opinion, here in the middleweight division, UFC fight night. In the women's strawweight division at UFC fight night, Enzi Dern, 12-3. and three. The Brazilian taking on Angela Hill, who comes in at 15 and 12. And I'm totally conflicted in this prediction because I like both Dern and Hill, if you can't tell from previous predictions. Dern, one inch taller at 5'4". She's eight years younger at 30. A lot of time left for Mackenzie Dern. Now she's given up two inches in reach to Angela Hill. Both stand right-handed. Now, overkill Hill. 5.7 significant strikes per minute. You think about that. She's 15 and 12, and she lands 5.7 significant strikes per minute. That's ridiculous. Dern, three significant strikes per minute. So you're thinking, first thing you should think is Mackenzie Dern, Brazilian, not very active on the feet, great takedown game, right? You'd be wrong. Less than one takedown over the course of three rounds. Angela Hill, basically even in that area. So takedown defense could be important. Mackenzie Dern, 40%. That's not very good. Angela Hill, much better, 77% takedown defense. So already, I like Angela Hill's stats better. But will that hold up? Because Mackenzie Dern has faced a lot of good fighters early on in her career. Now, she just come came off a loss to him at, uh, Jan Gianan, who KO'd Jessica Andrade this past weekend at UFC 288. Lost that by majority decision. Had two takedowns on Gionan. That that was big. Before that, she beat Tisha Torres. Lost to Marina Rodriguez. And prior to that, she was on a nice run over Hannah Cyphers, Ronda Marcos, Verna Jandaroba, Nina Nunez. Before she hit some road, you know, or speed bumps in two of the last three fights. Now over Kill Hill. Coming off back-to-back wins over Emily Decote and Lupe Godinez by decision. She did lose to Verna Jandaroba, that's key. Uh, close decision loss. In fact, she had three close decision losses in a row to Jandaroba, Limos, and Torres. She did beat Ashley Yoder prior to that. Earlier uh, in the career, not really that much earlier, but back in September of 2020, she suffered back-to-back losses against uh, Michelle Waterson Gomez, Michelle Waterson at the time, and Claudia Gadea. Both split decision losses, and if you go back and watch those reactions, I was upset about both of them because Angela Hill should have won both of those fights. She outstruck her opponent in both of those. Granted, they were close fights, split decision worthy, I'm sure, but those two fights, if she would have won those, it would be a much different situation. Her record would be more spread out. Angela Hill is capable of beating anybody on any given night, right? She just needs some things to go her way, but... As much as I like Angela Hill, and I don't remember picking against her in a while, prior in the last seven fights, I'm going to go with Mackenzie Dern in this fight because I still think the sky is the limit for Mackenzie Dern. She's hit some road, or I said that again, not roadblocks, but speed bumps along the way, but she's still 12 and 3. She's only 30 years old. You know, she's going to get back in the wing column and start winning. I do believe that Mackenzie Dern, uh, 
a little bit slimmer of a shot now, but I still think Mackenzie Dern is a future champion. She just hasn't had the right path to get there and had some things in her personal life that she had to get past. Not bad, just, you know, certain things. Now she's refocused on the career. She's probably got a good four to six year window and the time is now. So Mackenzie Dern's going to come in and win this thing, but it's not going to be easy. It'll be by close decision to move to, and I won't be surprised if she drops around. Uh, but she'll win to move to 13 and 3. Hill will fall to 15 and 13. Women's strawweight division. UFC. Fight night.